Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. love our REITs here in Singapore, right? Thanks to the high payout ratio specified by Singapore's regulation, we can see S-REITs offering yields of sometimes 5% compared to other major asset classes here in Singapore. So a very attractive proposition for those of us seeking yield, stable yield. How have REITs been doing through the pandemic? That's been a consistent theme we've been exploring with Kenny Lowe, REIT specialist and independent financial advisor, who I know you love too. How are you doing, Kenny? Good morning. Good morning, Michelle. I'm good. Thank you. Wonderful. So, uh, you know, we like investing in REITs and we also like in looking at new instruments that give us exposure to the REIT market. So yesterday, CSOP Asset Management listed its second ETF on the SGX. That's the CSOP iEdge S-REIT Leaders Index ETF, stock code SGD, uh, counter SRT USD. So this ETF, will adopt a replication strategy to track the performance of the iEdge S-REIT Leaders Index. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the iEdge S-REIT Leaders Index, it is a representation of the S-REIT market here in Singapore, an adjusted free float market cap-weighted index that measures the performance of the largest and the most tradable REITs in Singapore. It consists of about 28 constituents from various industries and uh, regions. So, help Help us understand whether this new ETF, which I believe is the second on SGX with 100% exposure to the Singapore S-REIT market, do you think this new ETF presents a unique way to invest uh, in the S-REIT market right now? Yeah, I think that this is a good development. We have a CSOP uh, asset management who is based in Hong Kong uh, to really uh, introduce the ETF in, in this region. Because uh, at the end of the day, they will bring in another group of investors, probably in Hong Kong, uh, China, or Taiwan, uh, to be uh, ex- uh, have exposure in the Singapore REIT. We, we, we already have one REIT uh, uh, ourselves, Lion Philip S REIT ETF. They are also having 28 constituents. So, so they are quite similar. But personally, I feel that uh, CSOP can bring in uh, additional global investors from our North country. Given where they are based from, I mean, do you, how do you think the local market is going to take to it? What What is, you know, sort of the local market's reaction um, to ETFs that track uh, REIT indexes? For, yeah, I think for the local investor, I don't see that uh, this CSOP ETF uh, can really bring uh, give a lot of assignment to us all, but because we have so many things to choose from, we can invest in the individual by ourselves. Directly. They are, a lot in, they are a lot directly correct. There are a lot of information and also analysis uh, on, on, on different websites, from blogger, from SGX. So we, uh, Singapore in this region, uh, in our home, home country, Singapore, uh, basically, uh, we, we are quite familiar. But for other overseas investors, basically, they, most of them, they really do not know where to get all those information. They do not really know how to analyze a risk because I have some of the investors from China that ask me how to do the valuation on the China risk. So, so I receive all these kind of questions. So using the REIT ETF to really assess the uh, Singapore market, uh, I, I, I think it's really good for the overseas investor. So, so I think the benefit, you benefit uh, the most to the, the foreigner, foreign investor. 
All right, we're taking a look at the CSOP iEdge S Street Leaders Index ETF, which listed yesterday, 18th November 2021, with Kenny Lowe, Reed Specialist Independent Financial Advisor. Let's take a step back and uh, have an overview of how REITs are performing here in Singapore. Looks like there's been an uptick steadily in November. What do you see, Kenny? Uh, so far, if you look at a bigger picture, the FUSI uh, SDR index, they are still trading within a range from uh, 820 as a support level and 890. No breakup for the time being, still uh, trading boringly sideways for the past 17 months. Uh, there are also no significant uh, sector outperforming during this period. Uh, the, the performance pretty mixed. But one of the observations uh, from uh, the recent uh, performance will be the big cap seems that uh, they are underperformed compared to the, those mid-cap rates. So uh, it, it's quite contrast to, uh, to uh, last year because last year the, all the top performers are industrial sector and also big-cap. Mm. And, and this year seems that the mid-cap is taking a lead. Probably the mid-cap is playing a cash-up uh, for the time being because they have a, a more attractive valuation and also the dividend yield. So in terms of um, performers, you know, with the mention of the VTLs, I wonder as, as we open up and we see more VTLs added, whether you've seen any change in terms of how retail and hospitality REITs are doing here in Singapore. Yeah, actually there are some excitement uh, on the hospitality uh, sector. I can see from a chart itself, the Escort, CDL, uh, Escort REIT, CDL Cash Trust, Suntech REIT, Actually, they have a strongest performance since October since October this year. And on, on the chart itself, they have started a strong uh, bullish uptrend. So we have not seen this uptrend for, for quite some time. Now, since that, uh, if we are continuing to reopening up, this, this strong week continue to be performed well. But on, on another hand, the retail sector are quite muted. Uh, FCT, uh, Fraser Center Point, Maple Tree Commercial Trust, Starhill Global Reed, they are not really having a, uh, as strong performance as those uh, just I mentioned in the hospitality sector. Probably we need to wait until the Christmas period to see that uh, whether the tourists come back, the visitors come back to really flood our orchard road. So, so during that period, I go to orchard road, take a look to have a feel to see how how's the return of the uh, visitors. Now. Meanwhile, analysts uh, from DBS and Maybank, um, pretty, they've maintained their buy calls on Fraser Centerpoint Trust. Um, they believe that suburban malls will be well anchored against, you know, um, retail headwinds. What do you think? Uh, Fraser Centerpoint is uh, quite a defensive uh, retail sector. Uh, over the long term, I, I, I still believe that uh, FCT is able to provide a sustainable and also a good dividend because at the present moment the dividend is about 4 point something percent mm. and moving forward with the full reopening uh, with the current price the, maybe the forward yield can be, can be as, as high as 5% it's pretty attractive so uh, I also have a positive view on the FCT but during this period uh, probably uh, everyone just us doing a wait and see uh, the rotation is not really back fully back to this retail sector yet uh, the fund manager or big institution, they are still prefer on those REIT sectors uh, which have a higher or better upside potential. That's why based on the latest uh, the fund flow from mm-hmm. SPS, I can see that actually there's a rotation 
uh, from an industrial sector read uh, into the hospitality sector. There were uh, some sell-off in uh, Maple Tree Industrial Trust, Maple Tree Logistic Trust, Fraser Logistic and Commercial Trust, and also Capital DC. That's why if those investors holding those uh, best performers uh, last year, probably they will be uh, very disappointed with this year's performance. Uh, and uh, those sectors, they are doing well at the present moment. Uh, fund flow coming in, CICD Capital, uh, Land Integrated Commercial Trust, uh, CDL Hospitality Trust, and Escort. So, so I'm seeing the, 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 that vocation now. Very interesting how um, institutional investors are positioning their portfolios for a cyclical recovery uh, so to speak, here in Singapore. All right, let's turn our attention now to a topic that is very close to home here at Topayo and SPH. And I am talking about the battle for Singapore Press Holdings. So two corners in one corner, Keppel Corp and uh, the other corner, Cascadin Peak Consortium led by Hotelia Ongbeng Singh. They've made competing offers to acquire SPH. Uh, on Monday, we saw Cascadin raising its offer to $2.40 a share. And Keppel's final bid, uh, $2.351 per SPH share. The final consideration depends on the unit prices of Keppel REIT and SPH REIT. And SPH shareholders will vote on Keppel's offer at a scheme meeting that will be held December 8th. So there's a lot of, a lot of headlines to get through, Kenny. But I wonder if you can help us whittle it down to the key considerations for shareholders. The amount in the all-cash offer, you know, what should they be looking at? Yeah, good question, Michelle. This is a very interesting topic. I have to come from different angle. First, from first angle, I would like to ask a question to yourself as an employee of SPH. Right, all the while you have been asking questions on the air. Now I'm doing the reverse way. I'm asking you a question. This is my surprise. (laughs) It's a surprise. Yes. What do you feel? How do you feel? And what do you prefer? (laughs) Sensitive question. Uh, How do I feel and what do I prefer? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I have no choice in the matter as an employee, right? And that really it's investors that are going to decide on this. So my hope is, of course, whoever comes in keeps as many jobs as possible, doesn't break things up on the read side of things. Okay, Thanks view, for my, my surprise, view. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I really caught you by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kenny. Help us right, understand right. how to assess the two offers. Yeah, my, my view uh, as an investor and also as an outsider, because I, I work as a corporate strategy planner before, I know how the corporate uh, will work and also how they do the planning itself. Uh, if you look at the bigger picture itself, I, I, I really uh, went to the SPH website to take a look at uh, what is a SPH core value. Uh, SPH core value is they want to be a leading multimedia company in Asia. right? That is a core value and that is the uh, business strategy uh, uh, to, to everyone. But if you look at the sub-business on, on the SPH, they are, they are venturing into many, many areas. They have a print, print and media business, they are property, they also have the uh, invested in the nursing home care, and also they have a preschool, they also have a telco in, the, in their portfolio. So, so I don't see any synergy on all these kind of sub-businesses, and it's very difficult for the management team to have expertise and also the experience to really manage so many business 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 things. Because for me, a, a good business strategy, uh, the company has to be a very clear vision. They have to be the best in the sector itself so that to have a leading competitive advantage. So uh, 
I believe moving forward, whoever take over uh, the HSBH, most likely they'll break out the company, they'll sell off all the individual uh, uh, business unit, okay, to, to really maximize the return for the shareholder. So uh, there are three options for the investor at the present moment. Either they work for Capcom, the, the second option will be a custodian uh, pick. The third one is let uh, SBH to do whatever thing they, they want to do to prioritize the business or sell away some of the sub-business. There are only three options, uh, unless there are another fourth option coming in uh, for investors to choose. And, and I, when I look at the previous stock price, uh, most of the investors who invested for the past 20 years, most of them are losing money because the trading range for the past 20 years is between $3 to $6 range. At the present moment, the offer is about 240 Most of them are, are, are losing money. Uh, and, and I also read in the forum itself, some of the investors, they are hoping, they are hoping, okay, basically hope is not a good thing in, in doing the stock analysis. They are hoping the SDH, the share price can go back to 3 to $4. Uh, I, I'm not the fortune teller. I cannot predict what we're moving forward, but look at the business opportunity. Uh, the current business strategy, I think it's pretty difficult to move back to 3 to $4 range because the economic landscape has changed. The print and media basically is facing a, a huge competition uh, compared to other e-commerce uh, e and also digital uh, marketing out there. So the, the investor, if they really want to uh, wait for the stock price return, there will be the opportunity cost they have to wait. And at the same time, they are not sure that whether they can get back all their, all their uh, investment. But if you look at the previous dividend payout, uh, some investors probably, if you look at total return, probably they have already break even or make some money. So uh, I, my, my, my view is actually investors should work for the, the, the sell, selling, right? So that uh, let the new owner to really take over and restructure the business uh, to revive the SDH. That's my view. All right. And what do you think is going to happen um, after December the 8th? If, I, if you can bring out that crystal ball again, I mean, what, what is the timeline? What happens next? Today, there is the latest news. I just saw the latest news. Uh, Kurdian uh, picked their requested uh, the, the voting to be held on the same day. So there are changes again. So everything is liquid. can't really predict moving forward. But it's to be fair to the investor, actually all the three options have to table on, on the EOGM so that the investor uh, uh, just, just uh, work one time to, to let the whole thing settle. Because... Dragging on is not really uh, uh, good for the company and also investor. Absolutely, and is this um, is this something you've seen happen quite frequently in the REIT world? This this vote happening on the same day? Uh, it's, it's not, especially when it comes to M and A. The both side of the investor uh, they have to work separately. But but SDH deal this is this is a, a unique. It's a privatization deal. It's a bidding deal. It, it's really unique. Mm. All right. Um, and before I let you go, I, I just have this other bigger question for you because it's been on my mind. I was on a panel recently on, on real assets investing and there was sort of a divergence of views when we, we talk about real um, when we talk about retail. So I thought one interesting point I picked up was uh, some institutional investors uh, think there is, is still good possibilities in retail and others you know, think that it could be a long term loser. What do you think? I mean, will we ever see retail go back to pre-pandemic levels? I think retail will still go back to pre-pandemic level provided they uh, reinvent themselves and they create another new type of experience. 
for for retail in Singapore on a suburban mall itself, I don't see uh, there are a lot of disruption because Singapore is pretty small, and uh, those good mall uh, basically they are uh, just next to the MRT MRT station and and it's part out of our life. So for the retail mall in Singapore suburban one, I think they continue to do well. I I I don't think they'll be disrupted by all the e-commerce and those things because now the mall is the uh, big uh, mega food court, okay, mm. or maybe big fusion center, mm-hmm. right? And and we we would like to really hang around in the mall during the weekend because it's impossible for a Singaporean like us every week go out of Singapore and and holiday everywhere. So so mall. <laughs> More is one of the place for us to go. It's still an experiential uh, space, and and will will continue to be that um, as we transition. All right. Well, thank you as always, Kenny. We've been looking at the second SGX listed ETF to have 100 percent exposure to the S REIT sector, the CSOP I Edge S REIT Leaders Index ETF. We also had a helicopter overview of S REITs here in Singapore, and we understood. Uh, we helped. Well, we Kenny helped us understand what some considerations will be for investors considering competing bids for uh, Singapore Press Holdings. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kenny, for being with us. You have a wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.